This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at RanchoGordo.com. It's time for lunch. Welcome to Time for Lunch. This is a place to learn about eating, cooking, enjoying, and sometimes playing with your food and utensils. Each episode, we cover a new subject. I'm Hannah Forden. And I'm Harry Rosenblum. Tune in for food, fun, and flavor. So we've been excited to welcome a bunch of new listeners to our virtual table over the last few weeks, and we wanted to say hello and welcome. We're so glad that you're here. If you've been enjoying the show, consider leaving us a rating and review on your podcast app. We love hearing your thoughts, and it really helps us grow our audience. And don't forget, if you send us a joke or a recipe or an audio note of what you had for lunch, we'll send you something in return. We have a special guest here for lunch today, and it's up to you to guess who they are and what the theme of today's episode is. Are you ready? What shape are you? I'm long and thin and have an oval or bowl shape on one end. Are you grown or made? Made. What's your job? I'm really good at scooping things. Oh, I think I know what you are. What are you made of? I come in lots of different materials. I can be metal or plastic or even wood. Aha, where can I find you? You can find me in a drawer or utensil holder with all my friends or maybe in your lunchbox. Do you know what I am? I think you're a spoon. Hannah, did you bring a spoon to the taping today? But of course. What size spoon do you think I should have? Tea? Soup? Serving? I've got a teaspoon, and I'm going to try and do this whole segment with a spoon hanging from my nose. Have you ever tried that? When I was in summer camp, we used to have a contest at the dining hall. The person whose spoon stayed on the longest didn't have to help clear the table at the end of the meal. Are you ready to try? I'm super ready. You know... I was under the impression that my nose is the perfect shape for balancing spoons. It's a skill that I pride myself on, but I'm not so sure about my new spoons. Let's see. Okay. Uh, I got it. Ah! (laughs) Harry, I think you're the winner. (laughs) If you remember, we talked about forks way back in episode number three, and I'm so excited to learn more about spoons today. Just looking around my kitchen, I have soup spoons and teaspoons and slotted spoons for getting things out of soup or broth, wooden spoons and measuring spoons, and I even have a grapefruit spoon. It has little serrations on the edge of the bowl for getting out segments of grapefruit. I think grapefruit spoons are are some of my top favorite spoons. If you remember from our fork episode, I spoke with utensil historian Dara Goldstein, And I learned from her that spoons were the first utensils that humans ever used. Amazing. And, of course, how could we forget about the spork? The great mashup of spoon and fork. All hail the spork! Hi, this is Ari from At Your Level, and this is my joke. A man ordered the soup at a restaurant and asked the waiter to try it. Waiter! Will you try the soup? Waiter. What's wrong, sir? Is it too cold? 
Man, will you just try the soup? Waiter, is it too hot? Man, will you just try the soup? Waiter, is it too spicy, sir? Man, will you just will you just try the darn soup? Waiter, if there is something wrong with the soup, man, will you just try the soup? Waiter, fine, I'll try the soup. Where's the spoon? Man, exactly. My name is Clara. I'm eight years old and I'm from Portland. Why did the fork stop hanging out with the spoon? Because the spoon kept stirring up trouble. Patient. Doctor, every time I drink hot chocolate, I get stabbing pain in my eye. Doctor, try taking the spoon out first. Now it's time for our question of the day. The answer to this question is somewhere in the episode, so listen carefully. What were the earliest spoons made of? Keep an ear out for the answer. Hannah, did I ever tell you about my favorite spoon? No, what is it? It's a wooden spoon that was made for us by a family friend. Wooden spoons are so great for cooking, and they come in all different shapes and sizes. What a coincidence, Harry. Our special guest this week makes wooden spoons. I'm Karen Davis from Sunbright, Tennessee, and I make wooden spoons. Karen has been making spoons for over 33 years. It all started when her simple store-bought spoon broke. Actually, uh, I was canning tomatoes one summer and broke my last skinny store-bought spoon and decided I would make me a spoon for home canning, and it just evolved from there. I was canning tomatoes from our garden. That was it. That's how it all started. I decided I would make a wooden spoon, so I took my broken spoon and a tablespoon from my uh, flatware and went to the wood pile, got a piece of slab from the sawmill, which was poplar wood, and took it to my husband's auto body repair shop and used his sanding tools to make my first one. And I still use basically the same sanding tools today to make spoons. Just get you a piece of wood and some kind of cutting utensil, uh, you know, cutting tool and, you know, go to your kitchen drawer and get out a spoon, trace it onto your wood and cut away everything that's not spoon. You never know until you try something if you're going to like it or not. So, you know, go for it. I love this description. Like there's a spoon inside each piece of wood and you just have to remove the extra wood to reveal it. Do you think kids could make spoons? I think you should probably wait until you're maybe a teenager. You have to use some power tools, and they can be pretty tricky. But there are definitely some ways kids can have fun with spoons. For young kids, something they could Google and see is playing spoons. I think uh, young kids would uh, find that fascinating. There are several musicians who use wooden spoons to make their music. And I have made a few sets of those through the years. They use them for percussion, kind of like a drum, you know, to keep the, the rhythm going. So there you go. You can use spoons for music, too. We'll post a video to our Facebook page that will teach you how to play the spoons at home. Parents, aren't you glad this episode isn't about the drums? Thank you so much to Karen Davis for teaching us about her fascinating spoons. We'll be back with more Time for Lunch after a short break. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family 
to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils, as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. Welcome back to Time for Lunch. Did you know that spoons were some of the earliest tools ever used? Going all the way back to Paleolithic times, which is over 2.5 million years ago. Anthropologists, that's someone who studies human society, think prehistoric humans used shells or small pieces of wood to make spoons. Ooh, I would love a shell spoon. As time went on, people expanded their spoon materials to different kinds of metals and even ivory. Did you know that spoons were not originally used for ice cream? Ice cream was originally eaten with a fork. I learned that from our friend Dara Goldstein in episode three. I love that. Did you know that both the Greek and Latin words for spoon came from the word cochlea, which is a spiral-shaped snail shell? The world's largest spoon collection has over 5,400 spoons in it, and you can find it at the Passaic County Historical Society's Lambert Castle Museum in Patterson, New Jersey. So if you're in Patterson or nearby, go check out all the spoons. All of this talk about spoons and forks, it's time for a dance break. Hi, I'm Kristen McGlory, and my job is to hunt for genius recipes over at Food 52. This one is an olive oil and maple granola recipe that comes from Nikesia Davis, who founded the company Early Bird Foods in Brooklyn with this granola recipe and now sells all kinds of fun flavors like Cherry's Jubilee and Chocodoodle Dew. Before I made Nikesia's recipe myself, I didn't know how simple and how delicious making your own granola could be. Because the only thing you really need to do is stir. First, to mix up all the ingredients in a big bowl, and then to make sure all the little bits get toasty and crisp on a sheet pan in the oven. For that part, a nearby grown-up can help. And then, of course, to stir it into yogurt or milk or whatever you like to eat with your granola. Now, I'm about to tell you all the ingredients, but the great thing about making your own granola is that you can customize it. Before baking, you can swap in your favorite nuts or add spices like cinnamon or nutmeg. After baking, you can stir in dried fruit while it's still warm or wait till it's totally cool and add things like chocolate chunks that might melt otherwise. But here's the original recipe, which is also pretty perfect just like this. First, let's heat the oven to 300 degrees Fahrenheit. In a very big bowl, let's add three cups of rolled oats, one cup of pumpkin seeds, one cup of sunflower seeds, one cup of big coconut flakes, one and a quarter cups of raw pecans, three quarters of a cup of real maple syrup, half a cup of extra virgin olive oil, half a cup of light brown sugar, and a good pinch of salt. 
Mix together with your wooden spoon or spatula until everything is well combined. No dry spots allowed here. You can now take a taste too if you like. It's going to taste very different once it's fully cooked and toasted. Next, we'll spread this mix out on a rim baking sheet and with your trusty grown-up, slide it into the oven to bake. Take it out with your grown-up and give it a stir every 10 minutes for a total of 45 minutes. And when the granola is done, it won't be sticky anymore, but dry and golden brown all over. Let it cool down to warm before sneaking a taste. If it needs more salt, just add a pinch. Let it cool completely, then store it in jars and think about what you'd like to stir in next time. Before we wrap up today's show, our producer Emily is going to teach us how to play a fun game using spoons. Hello, listeners. Today, I'm going to teach you how to play a super fun game called, you guessed it, spoons. Here's what you need. Two or more players, a normal 52-card deck, and one less spoon than the number of players. So, if you have four players, you're going to need three spoons. Here's how the game works. Everyone should sit in a circle, and players should be dealt four cards. The remaining cards will be placed next to the dealer. All the spoons go in the middle of the circle. There are two objects of the game. First is to get four of the same card in your hands. That means you either want four queens or four fours. And the second goal is to not be the last person without a spoon. The game begins with the dealer looking at the top card of the deck of extra cards and either switching it out with one from their own hand or passing it face down to the next person in the circle. Once the card is passed, the next player picks it up and sees if they want it or if they want to continue to pass it. At the end of the circle, there should be a discard pile. This can be done in any way. You can be slow or sneaky or quick and fast. Another player that notices a spoon has been taken can then grab a spoon as well. At the end, only one person should be left without a spoon. You can keep score, you can just play for fun, but always make sure you wash your spoons before you eat with them again. Thanks, Emily! At the beginning of the episode, we asked, What were the earliest spoons made of? And the answer is, Prehistoric humans used shells or small pieces of wood to make spoons. So, Harry, it's come to that time in the show where we share a little thing that made us happy this week. Is there something particular that made your week a little brighter? Well, I went for a bike ride yesterday, and it was great. I hurt my ankle about a month ago, and so I haven't been able to bike or run or do any of those things outside. And just cruising down the road in the sun yesterday, it was so relaxing and refreshing. Oh, that sounds lovely. Autumn is such a nice time to ride your bike outside. So I think my thing that made me happy this week is I received a beautiful pumpkin in my CSA share from a lovely farm upstate, and I made pumpkin bread out of it that I've been snacking on all week long. It's super yummy. It's got chocolate chips and walnuts in it and some toasted pumpkin seeds on top. It's pretty tasty. Ooh, will you send me the recipe? Definitely. I believe it's from the New York Times. Thanks for listening to Time for Lunch today. We'll be back next week with more tasty stories. This show is written, produced, edited, and hosted by Harry Rosenblum and Hannah Forden, with engineering by Liam Werner. 
Emily Kunkel is our associate producer and took the lead on writing this awesome episode. Thanks, Emily. Woohoo! Music in this episode was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder, and our fun facts theme was created by our own Liam Warner. Special thanks this week to Kristen McGlory from Food 52 for the tasty granola recipe, and to our friends Ari and Clara for sharing those fantastic jokes. Check out Kristen's podcast, The Genius Recipe Tapes. Time for Lunch is a production of Heritage Radio Network, the world's pioneer food radio station. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. Time for Lunch is also part of Kids Listen, the number one app for finding great podcasts for kids of all ages. You can learn more at kidslisten.org, and you can download the app from iTunes or the Google Play Store. Time for Lunch is powered by Simplecast. And just like we mentioned at the top of the show, please stay in touch. Whether you have a joke you'd like to share or if you'd just like to tell us what you had for lunch, we love to hear from our listeners. Send us your recipes, poems, book recommendations, or anything else you think we'd like. It's super easy to record yourself using the Voice Memo app on an iPhone or just using a video. Ask your favorite grown-up to help you email us at timeforlunchpodcast at gmail.com. Please include your name, age, and your address so we can send you something in return. Time for Lunch is also supported in part by public funds from the New York City Department of Cultural Affairs in partnership with City Council. Thanks for listening.